Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbens presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com. And listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks made out of bamboo. Now for our weekend recap, brought to you by Beauty Status, a local. Minnesota Hockey Apparel Company, just creating authentic brands. They've got everything from banners for your man cave, you know, polos for the golf course, t-shirts, sweatshirts, pretty much anything, you know, stickers if you want some for your laptop. Some people like throwing stickers on their laptop. I don't know why I have zero on mine, but, you know, some people are into that stuff and they got some pretty cool stickers. So um, go check out their website, www.beautystatushky.com. And they are on all the social medias, beauty status. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. I am joined this week by Trevor Olson, Jack Mason, and our very special guest, Danny Christo. Dan, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate having you here. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good, um, we're going to have a good time here again. You know, four guy, four Sioux guys in the studio. It's always a great time with us in here. We promise to keep the UND banter down to a maximum. <laughs> and now let's uh, let's get into these hypotheticals here. We'll we'll start off with the first one. Now I'll explain. Are we not going to do our weekend recaps? Oh, sorry, sorry. We'll we'll go back. Actually, yeah, <laughs> got got caught off by the beauty status ad there. <laughs> Completely forgot the weekends. Well, yeah. We got some t- stuff to talk about there, eh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll start us off. What'd you get up to? Uh. Saturday, got together with my friend Gage Osmus here, a few other buddies, had ourselves an absolute time at uh, Cowboy Jacks, watched a little Kentucky Derby, and I believe I was home by 7 (laughs) o'clock. Passed out fully close. But pull a, pulled an absolute shift. Oh, it was. We're, Don't let the 7 p.m. fool you. Yeah, I was uh, I was at Cuzzy's at 11 to meet up with... Uh, <laughs> good brunch there, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it actually, great breakfast. Yeah. Uh, if you've never had it, yeah, it's probably good. Probably $7. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, it very much a Grand Forks vibe, but met up with Tucker Pullman there, had a few beers, made our way over to Cowboy Jack's, caught up with Gage, Clint, and some other uh buddies and yeah it was uh it was a good little shift lost some money on a horse but yeah it was uh you know that was one of my favorite shifts i've ever put in on cowboy jacks there um you know it's it's kind of a little you know you feel a little different going there nowadays because it used to be the spot you know 22 23 years old yeah let's fucking go to jacks boys and it's great and uh it's still great but you're, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, God damn it, you know, am I too old to be here? Is this girl I'm talking to 20 years old? I don't know. You just <laughs> so, get, you get the meat sweats up on the porch. Oh, you know, man. Yeah. You know, we're sitting up there on the, we're sitting out there in the, in the sun and first nice day all year, you know, I've been complaining yeah. about the cold weather and fucking, oh, it's got 
can't wait for it to get hot. It's got to get hot. It's been cold for too long. We're on the patio in the sun, just, you know, basking in the sun. And all of a sudden, after like 45 to an hour, we're all like, God damn it, it's hot out here. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, I got... My cheeks are sweating. We got to get inside. So we went. We, we went inside. We moved it inside. Oh, yeah. An hour into it. Yeah. Like, fuck the sun. We're yeah. done with it. It's too hot. We're going inside. We'll come back out when it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a great time. I still, uh, you know, I spent what, I think I spent like 10 hours just yelling at people there. So yeah. my voice is still a little crispy, but um, good time. I don't know when I'll be back. Hopefully sooner than later, but who knows? <laughs> I love that place. Yeah. Dan, what did you get up to? Uh, I was down in uh, Markle Island. Uh, <clears throat> went and met uh, Carter Rowney, another ex-Sue player. Uh, we went down there. We flew in Thursday, and then I got back Monday. Um, played a little golf, saw some couple alligators, hung out by the pool. and Pretty cool time. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was uh, UV index. I think day one was like eleven, so I was pretty roasted after the first day. I got oh, my yeah. got my good basin, and <laughs> after that, I was basically under the under the shade the the, the entire time at the pool. Yeah, so, so I was pretty fried. So, so when you go on these trips, you know, like everyone's kind of got that first day when you when you you're white and and you go to this warm spot and you know you're yeah. gonna get a suntan. You know, there's everyone's got a kind of a routine they do or you know ritual. You know, mine is I know I. I try to lay off the sunscreen the first day there just to try to get a base layer in. Um, it's pretty risky business though, because yeah. you could end up ruining the whole trip. You know, what, what what's your, what's your play yeah. there? Do you put well, it on the first day? Or? Me with the Irish skin. I think I went about four layers on the first day and I was still absolutely torched. <laughs> I think it was about like 4 PM and Carter looked at me. He's like, man, you got to get out of the sun. And I was like, no, it's all right, buds. It, it doesn't matter how much sunscreen I put on. It happens every time. So I, I got pretty torched the first day, but uh, was fine a couple of days after that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you It was good good weather, though, and it was a lot of fun. A lot of, I hadn't seen rounds for a little bit just with uh, him being Canadian and, and Corona and everything. So it was yeah. uh, good to see him and his wife and, and catch up. For sure. No, that sounds like a great trip. And, you know, thank God for aloe vera. Throw, toss that yeah. shit on the burnt skin. Yeah. The JW Marriott oh. got me for about seventeen dollars at the uh, yeah. shop there. I'll, yeah, I'll take two bottles of those, please. <laughs> oh yeah, you throw that shit on though. Oh man, yeah, it's not. That might be one of the best feelings in the world. Oh, yeah. Rub that gel on there. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Kind of want to go get burnt and just buy some aloe vera. Yeah. Now. <laughs> uh. Mace, Mace, you get up to anything good on the weekend? Well, I was supposed to go up to UND this weekend for last, like, formal with uh, my fraternity brothers, but I got pretty messed up with work, and I was working until, like, 9 p.m. most days because it's month-end close, so I wasn't able to go up there, so one of my buddies came down, and uh, Frolton hit some bars on Friday, and then on Saturday we got drunk and watched UFC, so it was pretty fun. Sounds like a hell of a time for, you know, some... Change of plans, plan B, but it sounds, is a change. Sounds like a good day, Texas Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, you know, you're probably a little bummed you couldn't make her back, but then all of a sudden, bam, have yourself a little weekend. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. There you go. <laughs> yeah, all right. Now, let's get into our hypotheticals after our weekend recap. There, um, first one Would you rather, as a sports fan, have your city or state or whoever you cheer for? Um, win one championship, but the, you know, the next, the, the whole, in that 30 years, your team's brutal. All your teams are brutal, but you end up pulling out one championship 
Or would you rather be a Minnesota sports fan? And, you know, you have pretty good teams year in, year out, but you you never get that championship. Anyone want to start us out here? I think I think for me, uh, I'd probably go one championship in 30 years. Uh, love Minnesota sports, like the Twins, like the T-Wolves, Wild. Uh, I mean, the Lynx are an absolute dynasty, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> good shout-out. I yeah, love that. Good shout-out for the yeah. Lynx, but... Yeah, sorry, didn't yeah. think... Um, but besides that, like, I, I hope in our lifetime we get one championship here in Minnesota, but I think kind of just how, uh, everything's unfolded the past 30, last 29 years, it's, yeah, it's, everyone's kind of just hoping and praying right now. So I think yeah. I would probably go one championship. It doesn't and, look good for us right now. I'll yeah. say that. No, I mean, it looks promising and then it's just the same story, yeah. different year. So it's terrible. I'm going to go with the same actually. Okay. I'm going to go with one championship. 30 years of brutality because you look at the championship parades and all those parties, you know, if I'm a Northern Minnesota boy, you know, I might just root for Minnesota, but now that I'm in the the main cities yeah. and I can be a part of that, you yeah. know, I'm not going to drive down two hours from Duluth and like, <laughs> yeah. You're right, you know, go, boys. <laughs> yeah. now that I'm here, it's like, okay, I'm watching yeah. selfishly. Now I get to be a part of it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going with the championship. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to pick – I'd rather be a Minnesota sports fan. Um, but there, it was tough for me not to pick that one because, you know, you get one championship, you're like – you know, people are chirping and you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, I got this one, so yeah. fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're like competitive nature. You're like, I have nothing to boast about, you know, and yeah. chirping these Packers fans. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, A-Rod should have won eight Super Bowls and he only has one, so suck it. Yeah. Um, but I know, I think, I think if you're the Minnesota sports fan, it's just, it, it continues to build up that next championship is just going to be, if there is one, I guess yeah, it's going to be insane. Yeah. I think it's just going to be, so. yeah. I think it, no matter who wins it, I think, you know, if we're going down the list of power rankings, who best chance to win it, I'd probably say wild Vikings twins, then the T wolves, just cause it's tough to get basketball players here out of free agency. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think they they had a good little you know playoff you know start this year. I think A Rod buy, buying the team. I think they're moving yeah. in some better directions. But um, yeah, I agree. I think I would say you know Vikings were close a couple of years ago, and Wildlife have had some good teams here. So yeah, hopefully in the next you know couple of years we could get a yeah. I mean the Vikes are the by far the number one team I would want to win. Yeah, me too. yeah. Um, it's not even close. Like a Super Bowl is. It's a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I bet on them every Sunday. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if they win a championship, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check the account you're doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. Mace, what are you going with here? I'm uh, I'm going with you. I'd be a Minnesota sports fan. You know, just like you said, like, the antis- anticipation just keeps building. And if we do get a championship at some point, imagine how crazy the state's going to go. Like, everyone's just going to be wild and but technically, couldn't our both our answers be the same? One championship in 30. What if the Vikings... Yeah, I mean... Or what if the... But 
it wouldn't really apply because we haven't had brutal team. Like our yeah. teams are never. Yeah, that's good true. Teams. That's true. Our teams that's are wild. never brutal. Wild that's fair. They're wild just, make the playoffs usually every yeah, year. Yeah, that's fair. Vikings. Yeah, they're just not for the most good part enough make the playoffs. To, yeah, uh, win it all. That's yeah. fair. They're not like it's one thing when they're like. There's nothing worse than when the Vikings are actually bad, and you can't even watch. Yeah. Like, well, then Sunday you're not even are... walking. You're not even watching Week Seven because you're like, well, yeah. what am I watching for? Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> but Sunday every... rolls around yeah. and you're just forcing bats. You're just chasing everything because oh, yeah. you're not even yeah. doing care about the. <laughs> but money. even like last, even last year, you know, up until Week Fifteen, Sixteen for the Vikings, they didn't even make the playoffs. But everyone's still like yeah. watching, like. I don't know. Like they're close. Like yeah. you still had a they little. Still hole. in it. Yeah. Still a fun season to watch because yeah. you're still involved. That's fair. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to our next one here. Would you rather be blind from birth, or lose your legs at 30 years old? You want me to go first? Go ahead. Yeah. I think I'm going to lose my legs at 30. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like you're born blind. That's brutal. <laughs> Like that's a, well, but that's I would it, say losing your legs isn't great either. But. Yeah, but at least you can at least you can golf and do shit for thirty years. Blind, what do you do? What are your hobbies? Yeah, but here's my here's my what am I fucking that piano player? Who's the famous piano player? Yeah. <laughs> fucking what's his name? Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well here's you know? well here's what I'm here's why I mentioned this from birth. It would be one thing if you were turned blind at twelve or even whenever. From birth, you don't know what you're missing. It's That's, like was, it's like I'm, it's I'm like you're chirping a virgin for being a virgin. Like, dude, you're having sex. It's insane. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing, man. Easy. <laughs> well, Easy. He, no, he doesn't know what he's missing, so yeah. he doesn't know how great it is. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't know. Yeah, you know, he's fair. not missing out on anything because he hasn't done it. But you lose your legs at thirty. You know what you're missing. Yeah. Like you are well aware of what. Like where are we losing leg? Like <laughs> how I'm, high up? No, are we I mean going? your waist down. Oh God. You can, you don't have no no stubs there to put the prosthetic legs on. Yeah, you're in a wheelchair like Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, <laughs> you know from Forrest Gump. Yeah. So you guys both think blind from birth. I think for me, just kind of picking up where he left off. Like you don't know what you're missing if you're blind. You're used to it your whole life. I mean, you still have music. You can still like do some stuff at least. But like, imagine like hockey, golf, like all that stuff that we love to do now. Yeah. That you grew up with, and then all all of a sudden at thirty, having that taken away and knowing what you're missing, like yeah, and like I mean, thirty years old, it sounds like ah, you know, you're probably done playing youth sports or whatever. Like yeah, don't use my legs for much. I mean, you still got plenty of life to live. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh you yeah. guys bring up good points. But like I, imagine I being mean, imagine being on our golf trip, and you know, at thir- I'm you know thirty one now. Yeah. So let's say I have no legs. So like this year, I'm in the wheelchair. <laughs> But last year you were buzzing around. And last year I was buzzing around, you know, I was yeah. playing golf and going to the club with you guys. And now I'm just strutting on the fairway in the wheelchair, you know, driving the cart. And that's about it. You know what I mean? It's different. It's different. <laughs> yeah. But if you were blind, you'd probably have the same routine. Yeah. yeah. You were always if I was blind, blind yeah. I, you know, probably wouldn't be there because I wouldn't be, you know, a D1 hockey player. But. Yeah. You know, I'd probably have some other have some other buddies that we had some same interests where yeah. I wouldn't know what I was missing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mace, what are you going with here? You know, I'm going losing legs at 30 because, uh, you know, with being blind, like, that just sounds awful. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I lose my legs it at does. 30, I'm going to absolutely go wild until then if I'm aware that I'm losing my legs That's at 30. true. Are we aware? <laughs> That's another 
stipulation. Can you the... imagine how reckless you are being <laughs> yeah. with your legs if you know they're gone after 30? Oh I mean, that, you, you turn 29, you're like, oh my God, I got to start like, doing shit. Like, this is it. Boys. I'm going to run across the country. Like, yeah. I'm doing shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a little different scenario. I like I like bringing up those different scenarios. Like yeah. the, uh, <laughs> we were getting into one of these before <laughs> on one of the other hypotheticals. I can't really, it's not popping in my mind. <laughs> That's good. All right, we'll move on. We'll move past that one now. Um, okay, next one. What's the best gift you've received and the worst gift you've received? We'll start off with our best gifts. Everyone goes around and says the best gift, and then we'll move to the worst gift. Okay, sir. Um, yeah, so. go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go best gift. I had like a, a luncheon right at Christmas in uh, Chicago when I was playing for the Wolves and. Uh, I was still like only 23, 24 maybe, so I hadn't really dabbled into wine yet. And uh, one of the guys that uh, was a sponsor of the team and everything uh, gave me this nice bottle of wine. It was in like, you know, a nice package, whatever. And um, didn't really know how much was, nothing. And then a week later, we played uh, Manitoba, came to town, and big old Andrew McWilliam comes over to my house for dinner, and he's like, Dan, like, where the hell did you get this bottle of wine? And I was like, yeah. No clue, like you know, I have no clue how much it is. Why? And he's like, "It's like an unbelievable bottle." So went to the bathroom, come back, and look at the dinner table. That thing's cracked. And, <laughs> you know, there's two glasses out there. Max, like, well, we're drinking this thing for sure. And <laughs> yeah. it ended up being like a seven hundred fifty dollar bottle of wine. But yeah, it was pretty funny because Mac Mac likes his red, so that thing yeah. was popped pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> That did taste real good. Probably oh, yeah, almost yeah. as good as Mark West. Yeah. <laughs> Pinot Noir 2019, California established 1978. Mark West tried out. They are not a sponsor of us yet, but will be soon. <laughs> uh, I'm going to change the tempo a little bit. Uh, best gift I ever received was my parents paid for a flight and a hotel room to Nashville. Um, this little trip I went on. Uh, about a month ago. Yeah. Um, All right. Didn't pay a cent out of my pocket. So Unbelievable. So, I mean, I got to enjoy Nashville yeah. on my parents' dollar. <clears throat> so I'm going to give them a shout out on that one. Yeah. Um, my best gift, pretty easy. Um, turned 16 and my parents bought me a car. Um, kind of had a deal. They had a deal with me. You know, if I, if I took school seriously when I was growing up, if I took school seriously, if I tried hard in whatever it was I was doing, which happened to be hockey at the time, um, if I was putting forth effort, they would they would give me a car. Um, so I followed those rules and turned 16, and they got me my first car, and it was one of the most exciting days of my life, um, getting, getting, getting that driver's license oh, yeah. and wheeling around on your own. It's just, you know, like the parents, you go back to your house and you're sitting on the couch like on a random day and your parents are like, oh, we need milk. And you're like, fucking, I got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. Two percent, one percent. What are we doing? <laughs> Did you have like a MP3 player or anything or is it just FM? Yeah, so it was it, it was just one of those FM ones. But the day I got it, my dad was like, you know, you can't be rolling around just listening to the radio. So went to Best Buy and got one of those whatever they're called receivers or whatever you plug in there yeah. and had an aux cord so just oh, dialed. you know you're rolling around with the aux cord yeah, like yeah. let's go yeah you, you live the good life probably bumping like you know t-pain yeah. <laughs> oh yeah bartender <laughs> I, 
Fucking <laughs> sick. I had that shit on CD in my O2 Sable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Mace, what about you? Best gift? My best gift, uh, I got it probably two, three years ago, was a subwoofer. And for people who don't know, subwoofer is the thing that makes the bass sound in music. Yep. And let me tell you, this thing was, like, the cone was 12 inches, so that shit just banged. Like, <laughs> we, I was just bumping the frat house every night. Like, that shit, it would make, like, the entire house shake. It was insane. Love so, that. Oh. I've gotten so much use out of it, but now that I'm living at home, I don't really get to use it. So. No, pull it out. Makes me yeah. want to get to a frat party. Yeah. Oh, just oh, bump yeah. it. Miss it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, worst gift. What do we got for worst gift ever received? I'm gonna I'm gonna go worst best gift because it was pretty funny for the boys. Um, obviously, you guys know we do the Secret Santa at Christmas time there at school. Um, you don't know who has who has you. And um, sophomore year, we had a really good team that year. Went to the Frozen Four, and yeah, as you know, I'm not the best defensive player, but. Uh, <laughs> I think at Christmas time I was like right around minus nine or something like that, and. Uh, Dylan Simpson had me. He ended up giving me uh, a green jacket for obviously being the biggest minus on the team. So the boys got a pretty good kick out of that. I was pissed off for a couple minutes, but then I was, uh, you know, I thought I got a pretty good laugh. So that's a good, I'm going to say best worst gift. So that's, that's great. Good job, for the, Simmer. For the listeners who don't know, um, in hockey, you know, like the Masters, whoever wins the Masters is, uh, you know, the, the most in the negative. So yeah. Scheffler, what is he this year? Minus twelve. Or I think he was yeah, minus twelve or thirteen, something but. like that. So um, in hockey, it, I don't know who started it. Mike Commodore. I don't know if he started Com- it. Commie always, Commie, Commie the, always tweets out the green jacket for the NHL. The guy was, you know, most dash in yeah. the league. Um, that's a hilarious gift. Yeah, he gives he gives the weekly updates, you know, whatnot. I think somebody. Yandel this year, maybe on Philly, yeah. it was like minus 40. It went wild. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, he had a <laughs> he's good really, he had He's a, really running yeah. away with it here, yeah. folks. <laughs> he set the Augusta record maybe this year. But. <laughs> I, love, I love the uh, Secret Santa because everybody's butt hurt for about two or three minutes. It's oh, like, yeah. fucking coward yeah. motherfucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? They're all laughing, yeah. too. Like, yeah. Oh, what are you guys laughing at? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny. Um, I'm going to bring it back. My worst gift uh, was from my sixth grade girlfriend, Valentine's Day. Uh, it was kind of a new thing. You know, we were hitting it off. We were hugging and stuff. And um, <laughs> Duluth girl? Uh, Duluth gal, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't long distance. None yeah. of that. It ever Dating Manti Tao's girlfriend yeah. in sixth grade? <laughs> He's on the cyber chats. <laughs> oh, shit. And uh, so showed up on Valentine's Day. I got her a nice stuffed animal and like a bracelet. <clears throat> she shows up with a jawbreaker. <laughs> you know those fucking things you used to lick? She got you one of those big jawbreakers? Yeah. Ugh. That takes was it. It takes you two weeks to finish it. Eh? That was it. I was like, oh, thanks. i kept it i looked at i looked that shit clean but (laughs) you know like i get a stuffed animal and a bracelet i give it to her and she gives me a fucking jawbreaker (laughs) so that's good she must have not had her allowance that week or something yeah i don't know i didn't mow the lawn it was an early sign i didn't catch up on it yeah (laughs) (laughs) i saw her next week hugging somebody else Um, okay. My worst, my, my worst gift I ever received. Um, 
It's probably going to go back to Secret Santa with the boys. Um, I was in Ann Arbor. Uh, John Hayden had me at the time, and he uh, – I was – out of the team, I think we had, I don't know how many, you know, 20 guys on the team. I think 18 or 17 were going to college the year after. And then the other two were going back to the USHL because they hadn't graduated from college or high school, sorry. Yeah. And I was the only one on the team at the time graduating or graduating from high school and going back to the USHL, which we had already been playing in for two years. Yeah. And everyone kind of knew that. Um, so Hades got me a pack of Marlboro Reds and he's like, you're going to need to, you know, you're a vet now in the USHL. So you're going to need to smoke these you know, in front of the boys. Just to let them know you're an, you're an old man. This is my third year. Yeah. <laughs> Gave it to me in front of the boys and everyone else is just dying laughing. They're all going off to college and I'm like, fuck you. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I have a, I have like an honorable mention for this one, which is why I thought of it just cause, uh, you know, Mother's Day, giving gifts and stuff. My brother, my youngest brother, he had his birthday party. He's thinking he's turning four years old or something at McDonald's playground or whatever. And we're all sitting around, and they're opening gifts. And he's got like 10 friends there, and one of his friends and their moms are all there. And, you know, the mom picked out the gift. The kid didn't pick it out. <laughs> yeah. He opens up this gift, unwraps it, and it's like, it's a bubble kit. You know, it's got like tubes of different soap and then you got the bubble like blower or whatever yeah he opens it and he goes not even close <laughs> he goes not even close and threw it on the ground and everyone just like i, I was like oh my god this, uh, is, this is unbelievable is this is awkward <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like the best gift giving moment i've ever seen like not even close. <laughs> like he was so pissed. He's yeah. like, buddy, you're supposed to give me some Legos or something. Right? <laughs> Mace, what do you got for worst gift? So I'm going to preface this and say it was not a bad gift. Like it still worked and it was great, but I got a lot of shit for it. So I was probably in like fifth grade and my parents got me one of those backpack hockey bags. And, like, it was great. It fit all my stuff and had tons of room. But for the next, like, seven years, I got roasted every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. For having a backpack bag. Yeah. <laughs> backpack bag was tough. Or yeah. if you're the one kid that had the T-blades, that, that was easy yeah. to pick on, too. Or the roller bag. Like, look at this yeah. guy. Can't even carry his bag. Yeah. And that's what <laughs> I had before, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, so you wouldn't roll Rollers. it into the backpack? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that is tough. Kids yeah. are going to think I'm nails now. I got a backpack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I walked in thinking I was hot shit, and then I was quickly humbled by it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. On to the next one. Okay. So... Fashion, they say always, you know, it's it's on like a, it's like history, you know. If it's happened before, it'll happen again. Learn from history. Fashion's kind of the same way. So things go out of style, come back in style 10, 12, 20 years later. Um, I want this question to be, you know, what style do you want to come back? And I'll, I'll list off a couple examples of, so people can get where we're coming from here. Like, 
when I was in middle school, elementary school, we started wearing these plaid shorts. Everyone thought they were just nails. Yeah. Like, oh, it needs some plaid shorts. Oh, now, yeah. if you were to wear them, people would be like, we got to kick this guy's ass. <laughs> Is that Rodney Dangerfield? Or? <laughs> <laughs> or like Hollister shirts, puka shell necklaces. You know, you got three-piece suits to work if we're going even further back. Oh, yeah. Um, Heelys were a big thing back in the day. <laughs> so I want to know, like, what you guys are hoping comes back in a style that we can want, we can now wear again and not be laughed at for wearing it. Did people get laughed at for wearing Heelys? Well, no, but you would, you probably would now. now. Imagine you had those Heelys at Cowboy Jacks this past Saturday. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> you guys need a round? All right, one sec. <laughs> there in two seconds, skip the whole line. <laughs> They're like, wow, man, come on up. <laughs> Like rollerblades going to the roller disco. Like, how is that not back in style yeah, yet? I would love for that to come. I love those our, videos. The those old videos guys of the old that, like, guys bop around. Oh yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Silky out there too. Yeah. <laughs> Do any of you guys have anything you want to yeah, bring I, back? I think I, I would go. Uh, I'd say probably middle school era. Kind of like when you were talking about Cowboy Jacks. You know, it's like get there. You know, you're feeling good, and all of a sudden that sun just hits you. Well, like I was a big recess guy. It didn't matter playing, you know, basketball, yeah. soccer. But that was like right when Abercrombie came out with the uh, pants slash shorts zip ups. <laughs> nice. Oh. oh man, I mean, it might be like fifty fifty five degrees. So like you got your, yeah. your your mom's like, all right, you know, it's cold. You can't wear shorts yet. But you get to recess and you're just leaking. So you just give the quick <laughs> zip off. You know, those things right into shorts, and now you're absolutely buzzing around. Yeah. All over, and then you know, probably you got Spanish class next hour, so you keep the shorts on, and then you cool down, and you just stop sweating, and then after that, you know, you throw it right back into the pants. Oh, I had like six pairs of those. Oh, oh, yeah. My go to were the yellow Abercrombie ones. Oh, I wear them yeah. every Friday. It always had to be like some ridiculous color that you wore. Yeah, they were so oh, ver- they were so versatile. Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. I had them in the shorts one time, you know, and like I, I pulled them, I pulled the pants off, and I had them in shorts, and I scraped my knee, and I'm like, God, I need some cloth on this knee. Just hook one side back up. You got one. One one leg you got the shorts on, the other side you got the legs on. You're like, I, you know, I get to got to get some cloth on this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you guys even think of that? <laughs> How do you even think of that? I was just thinking a recess. I'm like, man, those things were sick. We used to play a hacky sack and everything. <laughs> oh shit. Oh. I'm gonna build off that because something just popped into my head. But the unbuckable. Unbuckleable yeah, oh, pants. The button up got, pants. The, the, snap, pants. the snap, the pants. snap pants. Those were filthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All I'm, the soccer I'm players build, always had yeah. them. Oh, I'm yeah. going to build off that. Wear, wear a nice <laughs> pair of shorts underneath. It's getting hot. Just <laughs> pop them off. You always got to do it as hard as you can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually just... This is so funny, dude. Oh, I just saw a video of that shit today. Somebody tried to rip it. <laughs> you ripped too hard and it, it, it didn't pop and both his legs just came out and he went back and just smacked his dome. I saw that on Instagram. I was absolutely losing it. Oh, I was crying laughing. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, all right. I'm going to, I'll uh, bring it even further back from you guys, I guess. Um, you know, I'm, <laughs> Fashion always finds its way back, right? Like, yeah. Somehow. 
Well, there's one part of fashion that, you know, maybe Yeezy's trying to get back, but I'm watching all these gladiator movies and like, you know, ancient Rome, they're all waltzing around in these sick robes. Oh yeah. You know, like they got robes on, like only girls wear robes and dresses now, but the the dudes were wearing robes and some Jesus socks or sandals, like (laughs) some Birkenstocks. Yeah. why have we not gotten back to just buying sick robes? Like, just walking around with robes and then a nice, like, gold rope in the middle of it. Oh. Just tie it off. It is a good look. I it's feel an, like It's it, unbelievable. It's got to be comfortable as hell, too. I feel like only specific males can pull that look off, <laughs> yeah. you know? That might be a party idea. We yeah. just throw it back to the ancient Roman times. Everyone just dresses up as a theme party and just goes into that yeah, for not the day. Even, I don't even want to go toga. I want the full robe, oh, like a yeah. Jesus robe. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Ah, oh, that'd be so sick. You could. There'd be so many different options that you could choose from for accessories and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also had the Heelys at the, uh, you know, my, my, my two seed there, the Heelys. If we brought back Heelys, everyone's rolling around in Heelys. Yeah. What, what year did Heelys go away? Cause I bought an old pair my senior year of high school and I thought I was the sickest guy ever. Yeah. I oh, wore yeah. them to school. You're oh, just yeah. a senior. You're buzzing around oh, yeah. with those things. Yeah. Uh, they, they probably went away when Heelys just went bankrupt from getting sued so many times for <laughs> killing people and like injuring others. Yeah. <laughs> So I know they banned them in my my middle school. Everyone was wheeling around them. They're oh, like, yeah. All right. There's no more of this healing around the halls. People are getting concussions <laughs> in the hallways. Yeah. <laughs> like, can't be doing that. Mace, what do you want to bring back here? I'm going with Healy's, too. Yeah. I mean, just you're at a bar. You see a baddie. Wheel up to her. Oh, and imagine. Start wheeling her. Come yeah. on. Now. <laughs> or imagine yeah. the video. Or imagine the TikToks coming out. Like your buddy's going up to wheel a girl. And he's wheeling up to her. And forgets to hit the brakes. And just <laughs> knocks her over. He's had a couple too many of Jacks. And Yardy's just goes the, right into the pile. Yardy's the table. Just yeah. spills all the drinks. Going to the bathroom. Takes a hard left down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could you get a Dewey on Heelys? <laughs> I don't know. You're Heelian back from the bar. Why are you pulled over? Yeah. <laughs> Giving a job interview? Yeah, I know. I, I do have a DUI on record. I was on Heelys, though. Yeah, so. Behind a motor operator. I was kind of trying to walk. But yeah. I was being smart, kind of. Yeah. Um, with that with that talk, I wanted to kind of talk about the, the style that's in now. You know, like, like I just got myself some brand new pair of used shoes. They look all scuffed up and stuff. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? kind of thing graphic tees are in you know they're coming in with those um i've seen a lot of those like corduroy pants that are kind of like boot yeah, cut but they're only, they're kind of shorter they don't go all the way down the ankles yeah been seeing a lot of people wearing those maybe onesies too even guys wearing like one onesie yeah. like air force pilot gear really yeah oh yeah <clears throat> what are like is that now, like, fashion's a funny thing to me now, because, like, you see it, the first person to wear it's always like, look at this fucking idiot. <laughs> and then, like, a year later, everyone's wearing it, and you're like, well, that guy's still an idiot. No one else is wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was like the, when they came out, the uh, joggers. Yeah. When they came out joggers, I remember thinking, like, every, all my buddies are thinking, like, who the fuck's going to wear those? Yeah, everybody. No one, wants, no one wants something tight around their ankles. Yeah. Like, we don't want boot cut. Is that going to go over a boot? No. No. The fuck would I wear? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now it's like, uh, those are too wide at the end. I need them to hug my leg, yeah. ankles. Like, that's all you wear. Yeah, for sure. W- would you guys wear yoga pants? 
No. You know, I used to wear them in the workout room, just those spandex oh, pants. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Spandex, I thought yeah. it was, like, decent, but never in public. I mean, you'd have... No. Yeah. Your your unit would be just out. <laughs> Girls can get away with it because they don't have that there, but if guys started bringing that back, it'd be like, all right, buddy, let's put it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to bring it up. I don't know. I feel like they'd be decently comfortable. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like... Uh... <laughs> it'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like you know, like the tight like Euro style jeans. Like yeah. my, I remember my first year when I came back from Russia, been like I got full into like you know the European style, and I got my jean shorts on now. But you know the tight pants and everything, and like I remember girls coming on my Instagram like, "Hey Dan, can I have my jeans back?" Oh, <laughs> but then like in Europe, like you wear like normal like you know american clothes and everyone's like what what are those like what are you wearing man like there's an h&m up the street you can get a pair of jeans for like 20 bucks it's just like completely different style but now it's it it's kind of getting over to the u.s now yeah. and everyone's wearing the tighter jeans and, and stuff it, like yeah that. i mean talking talking about style i mean going on a little bit of a tangent here but you play with those europeans they're still wearing the hollister abercrombie fitch like t-shirts oh yeah that you were wearing in middle school and you're like looking at them like dude we haven't worn those in like 10 years yeah. <laughs> but they're just wearing them like look how sick this t-shirt is. oh yeah <laughs> hollister smells so good in there <laughs> yeah it does yeah. but fuck no one else is going in there <laughs> yeah. uh, all right well let's get into dan's career here because he is a hockey player still um and that's kind of what we're here for is to talk about hockey so dan you grew up in eden prairie right uh yeah just for it's kind of weird situation i was born in minnesota not very many people know this i was born in minnesota and my uh dad took a job in indiana so when i was about three to 13 i lived in indiana and then we moved back to eden prairie um was going into my seventh grade year nice so then uh, i was yeah basically from seventh grade on was that was that ep so so you grew up in ep um then you go to the ntdp Junior, you go there. Your, didn't you go there your sophomore year? Because you, I was. You were young. Uh, yeah, like coming from Indiana, I had like the weird birthday. I'm a summer birthday. Yeah. So Indiana, I would have been. You know, the cutoff date was June first or whatever, and then here it was different. So like, if I would have been growing up in Minnesota, I would have been one grade ahead. Yeah. But because I was there, I was behind. So then, uh, yeah, I went to NTDP um, my sophomore year. Um, and then was there for two years, and then uh, one year in the USHL before. So I. We don't get too many guys in here who have played in the NTDP and also USHL. Like, which one do you enjoy better? Yeah, it's, it's obviously different. Like, I I loved the program. Um, yeah, I think Ann Arbor is a, a great city, and um, just being like at that age, you know, sixteen, whatever we were, and to be able to you know travel the world and go play. You know, I think uh, we went to you know Switzerland, Finland, Russia. Uh, Sweden, you know, yeah. when you're when you're 16 is <clears throat> is pretty cool, and you know to do it with uh, like you know like the exact same team two years in a row. Yeah. So you get so close with those guys. It's really rare, you know, you play in a team with the exact same team two years in a row. It is with no trades, no nothing guys being sent up down. Yeah. yeah. So um, I enjoyed my time there a lot. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. So then, I mean, you obviously go to Omaha after um, play for the Lancers for a year. Then you go to UND. How do you end up at UND? Like, you you play for the Lancers. Well, you play for NTDP, then you play for the Lancers. You're probably pretty sought after by colleges. How do you end up with UND? 
Yeah, so we had, uh, you know, kind of, like I said, I didn't really grow up in Minnesota. So, you know, most kids grow up and like, oh, I want to play for the U. I want to play for the U. And um, my, uh, my parents actually be really good friends with uh, the O'Keefe's. I know, you know, Tim, yep. Tim and Becky and then um, their daughter married Dave Haxtell. So my parents actually used to babysit Aaron Haxtell growing up. So we kind of had that connection. And then I think it was uh, my f- I was yeah eighth grade we had a tournament up in Moorhead and then Tim ended, ended up getting our uh, Eden Prairie team some some tickets way up at the top of the Ralph and I get, ended up got I got to go announce like the chuck a puck in between periods and just to see that at like such a young age and like kind of always was like oh I want to play UND UND and then um, yeah I was you know a year you know eighteen months later got the call for to go up there for a visit and. Uh, kind of got the you know the offer and I was like you know this is where I want to play and I was ready to commit my mom made me go to Minnesota and I, I took that visit too but uh, I, I was pretty set on UND from from day one so it's pretty sweet um so your your situation when you get to UND is a little different from a lot of guys you know guys who have to battle to get in the lineup I mean you you hop right into UND in college hockey and you're pretty impactful right off the bat did you know, like, was that your goal, like, going in, like, your your sights set on, like, hey, I'm going to have an impact going, coming in right away? Or, you know, how do you how do you handle that coming in as a freshman? Like, you kind of got to tiptoe a line of, you know, I know I'm going to play, but I got to be respectful of these older guys who, yeah. who, you know, I might be above on the depth chart, and I got to be respectful of them, mm-hmm. um, at least until we get into the season a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think for sure, like um... – the year before, actually, when I played in the USHL and um, had a decent season, and then uh, being able to, to make the World Junior Team that year um, as an underager playing in the USHL, which is you know mostly all college guys or junior guys, um, you know didn't play very much. Was twelfth, thirteenth forward, but um, just playing, you know, Van Riemsdyk, Colin Wilson, Kevin Shattenkirk, those guys were on the team, and um, just playing in those big games. You know, played you know Canada on Canada. New Year's and stuff like that. Playing in that a year before coming to UND, I knew um, my capabilities, and I thought, you know, I think, you know, hopefully I can get an opportunity at the start, which obviously, you know, Haxtell gave me, and um, kind of just went from there and got some chemistry right right away at the start of the year with uh, with Trump and Malone. I played with them for for most of the year, and kind of kind of just took off from there. So you know, we had we had a pretty good team, and um, yeah, that's kind of just how the, the freshman year went, but. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you get to you get into UND. Everyone kind of looks around. Like when you get to college, you're you're looking around your classmates. Like, oh, you know, am I am I gonna like this guy? Is he good? Is he good? Is he a competitor? You know, like, do I have to compete against him for minutes? Your class, like the class you come in with, is pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, we had a big class, ten of us. So um, yeah, and like you got ooh, like Corbin Knight. We had Knighter come in. Uh, myself. Rowney, McWilliam, Gleason, uh, Tate Maris came in a little bit later, and then we had Brunito, Cici, and uh, Ryan Hill. So we had ten of us, but um, obviously it was nice coming in knowing that there was ten other freshmen coming in, so there was spots to be had. Um, you know, have a good training camp, have a good preseason, uh, play well at the start of the year, and and kind of find your spot. But um, yeah, we had you know a lot of really good players on uh, that came in with my class, and you know. A lot of guys consider you know best friends now. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up you. You had mentioned it before, but you played in the World Junior Team twice, two years. One yeah, year, two, uh, years. two two years. Yes, my second year was my freshman year at Nodak, yep. and that was what we we won gold that year. And yeah, sad. so I was gonna bring that up. Um, a lot to talk about there. I mean, winning World Junior is pretty crazy, but what I wanted to relate to was you played on one of the best college hockey teams ever. And you also played on the best world junior team at, at that year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if ever, but very good team. We'll get into how it was to win the world junior, but what I, what I wanted to know and what I was, what I've always thought about was this world junior team you're on. How much better, how much better if they are better than the best college hockey team in the nation at the time? Because all the world junior guys, you, you know, they're either freshmen before that, they're 18, 19 years old. Yeah. You got a really good hockey, really good college hockey team. Like a lot of those guys are too old to play in the world juniors. Yeah. But then you also don't have the depth that that world junior team has. But yeah. you probably have, you know, your top guys are not that they're more skilled than the world junior team, but they're a little older. So they got more experience and probably just as much skill. So. I've always wondered how that game would shake out, and I know yeah. you played a. I know you played a exhibition game against Nodak when you guys won that year. Yeah, which was yeah, which was, was at Nodak, and I remember really, watching. Really and I think weird. I think the U.S. team you guys won. You beat Nodak like two to one or something. I think it was four two maybe. Yeah, I actually yeah I got I got the empty netter, so the boys were absolutely just giving it to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember I was like chasing the puck down, and I just heard bloody coming. And I'm like, my god, he's gonna kill me here if I put this in. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like we were really good my freshman year, and then um, played the exhibition game versus North Dakota. Uh, just felt so weird being on the on the other bench yeah. for only time ever in my entire life. Um, but yeah, it's just different. I mean, you have so much skill. I think so much speed. Obviously, like the strength and and that is going to favor a college team. Um, but just up and down the lineup, like you know, you look at the World Junior Team. We had like Tyler Johnson, who's you know, won two Stanley Cups yeah. was our fourth line center, you know, and that's on a world junior team. And, um, yeah, I mean, you can always look back at those years and be like, you know, we that team had this guy and this guy and this guy, and yeah, they're great, but they're also they're two years, three years younger because you know, like I was when I was in Ann Arbor, I'm skating on the 18 team, and I have this seven, you know, these guys coming in for 40 camp, and they're watching the 18 team practice, and they're like, Oh my God, these guys are good. Yeah. And guess who was watching me at the 40 camp? There was Charlie McAvoy, Zach Wierenski, mm-hmm. Noah Hannafin. And they're looking at me like, this guy's unbelievable. Yeah. And they're, you know, 50 times better than me at hockey <laughs> now. Yeah. But at that time, there weren't. Like, yeah. at that time, they're a little younger. So I don't know. I've always wondered how that world junior team would do if it was like because even when you play each other it's not like a serious game it's still an exhibition but if both teams were like giving it their all it'd be fun to see what the outcome would be because you know the the world junior team would obviously try to outskill them and they probably would have more skill it just they'd be a lot younger yeah which is why you know mankato wins all those games and Mm -hmm. yeah just older yeah definitely agree but yeah no yeah we had um so uh, Jake Gardner, Minnetonka kid, uh, Blaze was actually our head coach um, of that World Junior Team when we won. Yeah, and uh, I know I didn't play with either one of you, but I'm, my superstitions are like through the roof on game day. And 
whatnot. I have to do everything at the same time, you know, on the ice. I got to do certain stick handling stuff, you know, pregame skate, all this stuff. And me and guards grew up together and we were roommates at world juniors. And, uh, we were, I think it was game two. We were playing Swiss and like guards is always just a shithead, like loves screwing around with people. And I'm doing my little stick handling drill that I do, you know, with the defenseman at Nodak, you know, the touch passing around. I used to do that with, I'm doing that with step on and guards is just firing pucks at me the whole time in between. And I'm like trying to get ready for this big game. And then like blaze calls us in and like giving a little speech and guards is just, just driving his knob in the back of my flow. And like my hair is just falling out and I'm just sick of it. So like huddle breaks up and blaze is like, all right, let's, let's have a, let's have a good, good game tonight, boys. Like whatever. And me and guards just kind of look at each other and, you know, like world junior turns to, three and a half weeks long we had been roommates before for a week and a half so we're almost on almost yeah. going on two weeks now all day every day together yeah and we looked at each other for like half a second i just slashed him right in the leg and we just dropped our stuff and pre-game skate morning off <laughs> and you know how old school like blaze is and he like goes over to step on and he's like steps he's like tell christo and gardner oh, it's none of that fake fight and that's how guys get hurt you know and whatnot and steps is like I think they're actually going, coach. And he looks back at Stepan and goes, fucking right. That's how North Dakota, Wisconsin should be. <laughs> just absolutely loved it. <laughs> yeah, he was just all fired up. Like, he's, he's so old school. Just, you know, he just loves guys that compete and stuff like that. So he he thought it was pretty yeah. funny. So. so, I mean, we're still on your freshman year talking about Will Juniors here, I guess. So <clears throat> while we're on the subject, everyone's seen – at least all the hockey fans I know have seen the infamous video of after you guys win in the locker room yeah. on a knee, you know, hand in hand, start the chant, oh, mama, don't you cry. Oh, yeah. USA hockey is do or die. <laughs> you know, like, that's one. Of, that's got to be one of the best feelings in the world, singing that after you win gold medal. Like, yeah. You're screaming it, you know, the camera. I mean, camera adds a little effect. You're like, yeah, yeah people yeah. will see this video. This is fucking nasty. Yeah. Like, how are you designated as the guy singing the song? Because yeah, you know it from Ann Arbor or what? I knew it from Ann Arbor, and our team used to do it in Ann Arbor. And then um, we kind of only would just do it after, like, huge wins. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we had a handful of guys from that Ann Arbor team that was on the World Junior team. And then ended up winning the gold in overtime and – Get in the locker room and everyone's like, "Damn, we got to do the chant for sure." And I was like, "Okay." So, did the little huddle up and um, yeah, I ended up you know turning into a pretty famous video, which was hilarious because I got I got drug tested after the gold medal game. So like I got back in the locker room, did the chant, was like so fired up. You know, there's champagne in there. Like everyone's getting ready to have the and this guy's like, "All right, you got two minutes to get your stuff off and." Then you got to come take a pee. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, I have to miss this. So then like had to go get drug tested. I was like, just, you know, chugging waters as fast as I could. Like, and the guy from Canada was in the same room as I was, it was so awkward. So I come in, in there, like I got my medal on. I'm all happy. This guy's like about to cry. He's so sad. I got like the sink on the shower on doing everything possible to get back to the locker room and end up missing like probably 30 to 40 minutes of the celebration. But uh, we made up for it that night. We had a pretty, pretty big late one, so it was uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that would be unbelievable winning that tournament. I don't know if you know we've asked a question in here. Would you rather win an Olympic gold medal or a Stanley Cup? Um, kind of this, you know, 
almost a similar situation with the World Junior and National Championship thing. Like, what would you rather win? You know, one of them's kind of more the World Junior thing's kind of more personal accolade because yeah. you made the team and and then you guys all did it and you're like, you know, we're the fucking best in the world. Um, but the national championships, you know, you, you spent the whole year with the boys and yeah. maybe even years, um, a little different meaning there, but yeah, that's, that's something I never got to do is I, I, I played in two of those championships with the USA and took silver both games. And it's like still something that like, if I think my dad brought it up the other day and I was just like, God damn. Why, yeah. why did you bring that up? Yeah. Like, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. Something you'll never forget for sure. Yeah. What, what was the biggest like difference in game college versus world juniors? Like pace of play. I'd yeah. just say pace. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like world juniors is everyone's younger and stuff. It's not like the Olympics or world championships, but um, like I was lucky enough. We played Canada both years on New Year's. Both my years were in Canada. First year was in Ottawa. Second year Saskatoon and like I've still at this day I've never heard like a building that loud. Yeah. And then you know the gold medal game was nuts. Both pull- goalies got pulled um, five to three with two minutes to go. Somehow Everly scores twice, <laughs> and we're, like everyone on the bench was kind of just like, oh my god, did we? And we had did the same thing on the on the New Year's game. And everyone's like, oh my god, did we just do this again? Like we're we're, we're gonna lose an OT. And then luckily we got the the break. Was that Cam Fowler? Was that that year? Carlson scored. John Carlson. Carlson. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The no look. No the, look. The look off. Yeah. He's looking to pass. Yeah. Looks over and just shoots. No look snapper. Yeah. Nasty. And like we it was like dead silent in between intermission. They're doing the ice and Blazer came in and you could kind of tell we were down. He's just such a good motivator and he's kind of just looked at the boys and he's like he's like boys we're in the gold medal game. In overtime in Canada versus Canada, he's like, "What the fuck else could you more could you want?" Yeah, and kind of got us back into it. And lucky that that intermission kind of stopped the momentum of Canada scoring two goals. And I think it was only three or four minutes in because it was four and four. Carlson scored, so um, yeah, that. But like the just that atmosphere, it was. I remember seeing my mom after the game, and she gets really nervous, and she had been a couple. Couple of glasses of wine deep because <laughs> yeah. she was, you know, had the rosy cheeks going. She's Irish, and she, I was so stressed. I just had to have a couple. So, um, yeah, it was that that ent- entire environment was just unbelievable, though. So, yeah, it's insane. So, like, okay, you get back to UND, you win. How do you kind of get back into the college season after that? You know, you you you've got a big second half coming up, kind of last third of the third of the year. How do you get back into it? How do the boys treat you when you get back? Do you get a little leniency from the coaches? Like, yeah, you know, this guy just won a gold medal. We'll let him have his time. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple days off there. I think I got back on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then we played Mankato Friday. And I think I took two days off. Kind of just recover the body a little bit. And then, um, I mean, you know it's like playing at the Ralph. So it's obviously got to congratulate from all my teammates and everything. And, um, you know, once you get back into that, you kind of flip the switch back. and like, okay, you know. Back at school, this is you know one of my dreams to play here. So it was a pretty pretty tr- easy transition back into it. But yeah, I mean, you're playing at UND. I'm sure there's a million stories you could tell. You played on every year. You played on a good team. I don't think you guys have household names on those. Teams. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think you played on a, like a bad team, did you? Like no, like you know, we won. 
Yeah, we won, you know, WCHA playoffs three years in a row, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. Um, yeah, were you were you a part of that timeout team versus Minnesota? Yeah, we were down. It's so funny because everyone, like, talks about, like, oh, what did Hack say in the timeout? Like, what a great Nothing. timeout. Just yeah. took a timeout. And Honestly, just... we were getting steamrolled so bad he took a timeout because, like, we we had some injuries. I mean, I think we were only playing three lines and four or five D. And, like, the boys just needed a breather. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we scored at the end of the second period. Forbes scored to make it 3-1. And then still, like, going into the third, it was, you know, in the locker room, it was pretty quiet. And Forbes kind of looked at the boys and was like, boys, how sick would a little comeback be here? And then we went out and, yeah, it was like five unanswered goals in ten minutes. And kind of steamrolled after we won that game going into the final. I think we played Denver. We just knew yeah. there was no chance we were going to lose and yeah. got, got the three-peat. So, um yeah, that was one of the most memorable games. I, I've never even seen like the coaching staff like like that after a game. I remember, you know, usually coming after a win, and you know they say their post game speech and all right, let's get ready. And like I remember, Jax was like sitting in between the boys <laughs> and was like, "Fuck, that was unreal, boys!" And like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like I think they were just so happy yeah. too yeah. That, that we came. Kind of like so. a we are all witnesses type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like they weren't even like we're not gonna act like this was some like serious game yeah we just pulled off an all-timer here yeah for sure with like 10 guys injured and just playing coming back from three like J- Jax just knows when to keep it real and just be oh, like yeah. that was fucking awesome yeah yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah yeah that was a that was a memorable game for sure yeah so when you win those games you're playing in saint paul right in the final five yeah when you win those games because I remember we were trying to badger, you know, we made the championship my senior year and your junior year, I think. Yeah. Of the frozen face off. And we're all like, you know, Bob's, you know, <laughs> we win this one, you know, we're right next to Cowboy Jacks. Like, Give us a couple hours. We'll ride back after. Yeah. Like, what are you guys trying to pull any of that stuff? With well, I remember, like, I remember our first two years we won it. We took the bus right back and then it just happened to line up on uh, my junior year was St. Patty's Day, which was unbelievable. And Hack came in the locker room at pregame skate and was like, win or lose, we're, we're staying the night tonight. And, you know, like St. Paul, I mean, three-fourths of that entire stadium, Sioux fans, let alone on St. Patrick's, Patrick's, everyone's wearing green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was no chance we were losing. So we ended up, yeah, we won and um, got to stay in St. Paul and, you know, party with the boys. And it was fun because – you know, all all your parents are there. You know, all the parents went to the bar together, and um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We got to stay that that third year and went back the next morning. Yeah, you you win those. I wanted to, I wanted to get into like your life in Forks, um, kind of like your parents living living in Eden Prairie. I want to get into kind of the summertime. It's not a lot of people like. UND Grand Forks is a college town. Yeah. 100%. So you, you like the town kind of populates when when school's in session. When you're in the summer, there's no one there. Yeah. And you're kind of forced to be there. Not forced to be there. A lot of guys choose to be there. They're like, yeah. I know most of our guys chose to just stay there all yeah, summer. I didn't want to go home at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there's no one there. Like, there's nothing to do. But like, what were you guys doing in the summers? They're always like asking guys like what they did in the summer because there's yeah. nothing to do other than go to the rink and work out and skate and then yeah. i mean maybe golf and then try to fucking pick your ass for the next six <laughs> hours yeah like, uh i think one of the most fun things i ever did like off ice was uh after my junior year it was 
myself, uh, Derek Forbert, Connor Gorder, and we created our own lawn care company um, just to help to try to pay some of the college bills. So, I mean, we had zero equipment, like nothing. <laughs> we didn't have a lawnmower. Like, so basically, like, we just put up, and you know how big as, like, Sioux fans are. We just put up our flyer at Hugo's, and, like, it wasn't allowed to say, like, UND hockey because it was NCAA violation, but it was, like, you know, put up, you know, GFK Lawn Care, as we call it, Gordo Forber Cristo, and uh, put up GFK Lawn Care, and we were getting, like, calls off the hook. And, like, I would, like, I would probably personally say I was, like, the manager. Yeah. And, like, Forbes would, like, just take these calls sometimes and would, be like, <laughs> agree to these tasks that we had no clue what we were possibly doing. <laughs> Like one time we we had to take down a fence and we're like driving to this lady's house. And I'm like I'm like we don't even have a hammer, man. Like and I'm like what are we gonna do? He's like it's probably old. We can just kick it down and then like we'll just go from there. And I'm like I don't I think can't take a fence down. Yeah, like just that. showing up with yeah. bare hands. Like yeah, these yeah. are my favorite tools to use. Just yeah. bare hands. And uh, no, we had a great time doing that. One time, Forbes like agreed to some. We did this old lady's house. We had to like. We had to put in some, like, you know, plant some trees, whatever. I think we mowed the grass and had to move some stones. And it was out in Mayville, North Dakota. Oh, yeah. And no lie, this, this this lady was 96 years old. <laughs> so we're out there. It's me, Forbes, and Gorge. And it was, like, midday. We ended up missing skate that night because it took so long. And, like, we get done. I can't remember what we charged, like, maybe 15 bucks an hour. And this, like, poor old lady... <laughs> She looks at us and she's like, hey, I, I haven't got my, like, uh, check from the government yet, so I have no money. She's like, but I have, like, another job for you guys in a week, so I can pay you guys in a week. But she's like, I, I cooked the homemade dinner for you guys. So, like, you guys can eat over. I just want to say thank you. So, we go into this, like, old lady's house and, like, just, like, think about this now. Like, I'm sure there wasn't any, like, china or glasses in a hutch. No. Old like, glass hutch there. Yeah. They, those well, old people don't have any of no, that. No. And she was, like, the most, like, she, like, had her own, like, water that she, like, made, like, somehow at the house. So she had, like, wa- like watermelon water, <clears throat> strawberry, like, all this stuff. But it's it's midsummer, like, 90 degrees, and we're in Mayville. And we're sitting at a four-person table, <laughs> me, Forbes gorge and this lady we're just having a family sit down dinner and i was just like if somebody could get a, I have a picture of the lady i, I can send to you guys we have a picture of us four but i was i was just like where are we and what are we possibly doing right now and like just do some work for yeah. her and get paid with a dinner <laughs> yeah. i have no money Worth yeah. it. what'd you guys eat it was like a home-cooked like Biscuits with gravy, oh, like all yeah. that. Like, fuck me. Like, yeah. yeah. Sign me definitely, fuck up. Definitely was not a salad, and you know, like Yeah, they probably is. mocked it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. But that was that was a lot of fun. We did that one summer. We did Al Pearson's house too for a while. Um we had a we had a funny story about that one time too. Like we were we were like raking rocks and we had to like take the rocks from the backyard to the front yard in this weird wheelbarrow, and he had like a little bump to get you know, back into the garage and then out to the driveway. And like Gorge is like, oh well just like make like a little, you know, wedge slant. So he found this piece of wood and put down like these four massive rocks. And um, you know, Al Al obviously struggles with, you know, Parkinson's and stuff. And he was doing okay at the time. But his wife was still doing, you know, really well. And um Al would just he would put his chair in the middle of the lawn and would just drink beers and watch us work and shoot the shit with us. Yeah. And uh, so his wife comes out one time and she's got like two full batches of cookies 
and she's got no clue that Gord's put this wedge down. <laughs> and so she comes out like this, and she's like, boys, cookies. And she trips and just yard sales, like, so hard. And I'm not kidding you. Like, Miss is one of those big, sharp rocks by half a foot. And she goes down, glasses off. She, her whole face is bleeding. And, like, I'm in the corner, and, like, Forbes and I are looking at each other. And, he, like, it was almost just, like, we were so shocked we didn't know what to do. And, like, Al gets over there, and then he's, like, running, and he's, like, trying to pick her up. And she's, like, Al, you're hurting me. You're hurting me. And, like, Gorge is just in the corner. He's got a hatchet, and he's, like, looking at the boys. I'm, like, what is going on right now? Like, and it was <laughs> luckily, like, you know, nothing. She didn't get hurt, and she came back out 20 minutes later with a couple band-aids on her face and some fresh cookies. That's just, you know, a good uh, North Dakota person for you. But oh, yeah. Was, yeah, we had some good times doing that. So, How do you come up with the lawn care idea? Does someone, someone put you onto that, or do you guys just come up with it on your own? I think it was um, – Gosh, I can't even. I feel remember. like it's Buck Forbert. Yeah, it might have been. I think it's Buck. That guy just yeah. loves that, yard work. Well, I think it's Derek's, Derek's dad. dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, initially, like Forbes and I shared a minivan at school, which a lot of people knew. And one year at Springfield, this is why we started the company. And then we, you know, we called her Mary. My my mom's name is Mary, so is Derek, and everyone just called you know the minivan Mary and was never locked keys always in it and we would just leave it on our driveway and like the only rule was like on campus if you took the minivan it had to be back by morning and it was after spring fest and forbes was like did you have the minivan yesterday and i was like i thought you did and so the minivan went missing for <laughs> for over like 10 to 14 days and we were like what are we going to do like we might we might just have to get summer jobs and not tell our parents and buy a new minivan like <laughs> yeah. how much can a used Ford Windstar really be you know <laughs> so we we lost the minivan for like 2 weeks and like luckily we we found it like downtown the parking garage like across from Bonzers on like the third floor. I think it was like two and a half weeks later. Somebody took that to Bonzers <laughs> and oh, left for, it there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Forbes's Forbes's backpack was in the car. <laughs> yeah. So like we had finals the next week. He was, for some reason he was like so scared to speak in public. So he was taking online public speaking. <laughs> so he couldn't even take his final because like everything was on his computer. So he didn't have. So he, I think he had to fail the class. We had to retake it the next year. But. <laughs> Yeah, the minivan. That thing was that thing was legendary. We had some good times in that. I've heard some stories about the minivan. Yeah, yeah, good shit. <laughs> yeah, Forbes. Yeah, we would get in trouble. We had. Uh, I was telling you the one night we had in Denver. You know, it's kind of rule. It's like such a winning attitude in North Dakota. Yeah. Um, you know, like okay, if you win at home, whatever, you're automatically like the boys are gonna have a house party. You'd probably at the Pita Pit or the Antel, whatever. But we were playing on the road in Denver, and we lost. And we were supposed to charter back that night. And uh, I had played at the program with Drew Shore. And Forbes had played with Nick Shore. And they were obviously both on Denver. And uh, there was a huge snowstorm in Forks. So we got snowed in in Denver. And Forby texts me. And he's like, he's like, we're going out tonight with the Shorts. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go. So Shorts, he comes, picks us up. Go to their place, whatever. You know, went out in Denver. But, like, we have a flight the next morning. I think, like, 8 a.m. And I think Faison was on the trip. So like Brian, we, yeah, Brian. So like <laughs> Brian, we we got to be kind of dialed in for this trip the next morning, and um, we're leaving at like eight, and we got back like super late, and my alarm went off at like five thirty, and my wallet's missing, and like you know how those charter flights go, three fourths of the times 
sometimes they check your ID and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And I, I, my wallet's missing. I've searched the whole room. Gleese is my road roommate. And like we're torching this room. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like we lost last night. Like if I get to the airport and I don't have my wallet, and I can't get on the plane. Like hack is going to legit kill me. <laughs> and so like, I'm panicking on the bus and I look at Forbes and <laughs> I'm like, dude, like my wallet's gone. I like, I don't know what to do. Like, we're gonna have to like make a plan or something so I don't like don't have to check my ID so I get on the, I can get on the plane. And he just looks at me and he's, you know, still not feeling great from last night. And he's like, I honestly hope, Darcy, that you don't get on. It'd be so funny if you just got stranded by the boys. <laughs> I'm like, what a best friend you are. Eh? You just want to leave me from behind. But I ended up ended up getting back. Like they didn't even check our IDs, so I got lucky that morning. So but. you would you just order an all new. ID or well, you ever get back? Then like three days later, like Pat Swanson, like I come to the rink and he was like, Hey, I got a call from the hotel. They found your ID. It was stuck in a couch. And I was like, Oh yeah, perfect. I was looking for that. And he was like, how'd you get on the plane? I was like, Oh, weird thing was I brought my passport, you know, I just oh, kind yeah. of always, oh. yeah. always bring two IDs. You never know what's going to happen. So <laughs> That's actually yeah. a good travel tip. You know, bring two IDs. Yeah, you don't know not... how banged up you're going to get the night before you leave. <laughs> yeah, you never know. So That's like the worst thing ever when you're looking for your wallet and you're about to hop on a plane. And you're oh. like, oh, God. I can't get on this fucking plane without an ID. <laughs> I have no I don't idea. Have my, I, I don't have my here? wallet. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, okay, so... You obviously get back to you and need whatever. We kind of go over on the show. We kind of go over like our favorite travel spots, favorite spot to go on the road. What do you got? Like, you're playing in the WCHA is a little different than us because yeah. we were like choosing like, you know, Miami of Ohio is a great spot. Like you probably never even went there. No, never went to Miami. Um, Denver was always a good trip. Colorado was a good trip. Um, those are kind of the only two spots that we would charter to. Um, Alaska, we took commercial plane. You guys are commercial. Well, I guess you you could bust all the other WC. Every, everywhere else was, you know. Even Michigan Tech, did you guys bust there? Mich Tech, we, I, I'm i pretty sure my junior and senior hack was so superstitious. We bust. My junior, we swept. So then we bust again the next year, which was like 10 hours, which was terrible. But, um, but yeah, for the most part, we only really flew to. So the only times we could really go out on the road or you know, like see other cities was in Colorado or Denver. And that was lucky, lucky maybe if we couldn't charter home that night. Yeah. That was like us. Like we, we always talk about how like we're not complaining. We took a charter flight, but it'd be nice to stay over night in Western Michigan, Miami, you know, Omaha, you go to these places. It'd be fun to spend the night, but we fly home right after. So we don't get to experience that, Mm -hmm. you know, night of saturday night after you finish you gotta fly home the next day or bus home or whatever it is so yeah how how many nights did you stay so you had denver you had st patty's down in st paul were there any other times you alaska always because it would take a commercial um trying to think what else like we may i probably only made maybe had like five in my career yeah where we would um we would fly to wisco too but that was always charter home that night we stayed over one time my, my sophomore year, but I, I think I was still underage, so I couldn't go out to the bar, so we just kind of hung out in the hotel, yeah. whatnot. But, yeah, we really really didn't get to you know stay overnight too much. But. Yeah. So the reason I asked about what you guys did in the summers there was because how I met you was when I was in summer at Grand Forks playing for North Dakota. You were living in the cities in uh, 
some apartment condo with I think Forbes and Trupper. Trupper. Yeah. Living with Forbes and Trupper. What's that? It's a little, weather. Little storm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're living with Forbes and Trupper, and I was in that. I had never went out in Minneapolis before, and like you're kind of only you're you're a kid. We've all only been out in Grand Forks, partied there, and then you know we didn't really know who Dan was, but everyone knew who Dan Crystal was. You know, like he's a North Dakota legend, and Dan was boys with a couple of the guys that are still on the team, and. He invited us down to stay at his place. We we go down one weekend and <laughs> stay at Dan Forbes and Trepper's place, and we have an absolute weekend. I think it, it was, was like the one of the best weekends of my life. Like I think it was you, Tomer, Paul, and Dewey. Uh, Kate Perp was there. Perp was there. I was gonna say Casey Perp was with us. Really? Perp, Perp came <laughs> yeah. down too, and Perp we had like all down. the blow up beds at my house. All yeah. the blow up beds. We spent <laughs> the whole weekend there, and, and it was funny because like we were all kind of growing out with Cristo because we're all North Dakota guys and we're all hanging out and just having a great time with these guys and Perp's kind of on the outside a little bit he's a Northern Michigan guy so he's not talking you know half the time you're trying to like not talk about North Dakota but you do just out of yeah you know that's just where you're going with it and we all end up leaving and Perp has to fly out my mom drove him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so Perp, Perp has to fly. He's going on some, like some like vam- family vacation, flying yeah. out of Minneapolis like that Sunday at like six p.m. or whatever. So we wake up on Sunday and we're like, yeah, we're heading back to Forks. Um, and we're like, yeah, see you later, Perp. Perp's like, fuck, do I do? Yeah, yeah. like I just met him two days ago. But not, I mean, not, I, not I, a North Dakota guy. I don't know what to do. Oh, he's know? a beauty. So he just yeah. he, he ended up just staying at my uh, me and Forby's place all day. And I think my, my parents came over for something. Your parents, yeah, your mom, your, your parents came over. I remember meeting Mary when, when we left. Yeah. And then Perp's telling us the story after. He's like, yeah, it was pretty funny. You know, I end up hanging out with Christo. It's fine. His parents are there, you know, just making small talk. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I need to go to the airport and Christo's mom's driving away. So <laughs> she just gives me a ride to the airport. Yeah. She's riding in a car with Christo's mom. Just yeah. going to the airport just randomly like, Thanks for bringing me. Yeah, that's, that's Mary for it. She likes uh, she likes talking to the boys and yeah, that was funny. After yeah, that was a good weekend. I think I think my favorite story is my favorite Christo story is summers. I always stayed in North Dakota, and then we had the pro camps or whatever. Oh yeah, and so all the guys would come back. I know and every single time. No, that's a different story. <laughs> We'll get to that later. But uh, every single time Christo came back into town, he had a new drinking game. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he had remember, a new one. Remember when I taught the boys uh you had baseball one ba- year? Baseball. Bunker. Bunker. That was after my first year pro. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Bunker, yeah. And we played at your guys' place in uh yeah. in the garage there. We, one night we must have played for like five hours. Uh, it never ended. It's it was a, incredible. I still think to this day it's the best <laughs> game. If you're playing with just the boys, three on three, everyone's involved. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. He always came yeah, he always came back with some new drinking game that like yeah, you know, this game will be a ton of fun, boys. Let's play it. You know, by the end of it, you got to finish 12 beers each, but it's going to be a great time. <laughs> like, every one of these drinking games is like, yeah, you know, probably end up drinking 10 to 12 beers at the end of it, but you know, it'll be a hell of a time. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Every single time he came back, he's like, oh, we got to play baseball this time. And we're like, what, what the fuck's baseball? Yeah. Then we play baseball for six hours straight. We're all crumpled up beer. Then the next year, Crystal comes back. He's like, oh, man, fucking bunker, dude. I'm like, what is this guy, a fucking encyclopedia for beer? I, I, was it 
the one this one year I came back, was it me, you, and Tomer? Yes, we didn't. When we went 16-0. and 0. Didn't lose a game. 16-0. <laughs> like, it got to the point at, like, 10, I was like, you know, you get the confidence, you're like, okay, next, and you're just throwing the ball. It's yeah. right in the coffin. Oh, like, yeah. There was no chance the boys were losing. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. It was a straight shit show. I loved that fucking game. Yeah, but you guys, you guys, I saw you guys eyeing up on what you thought was a story, and I know what what you, what Crystal thought yeah, was going to share. You, you can tell that one. This is, this is an all-timer right here. So for the listeners who don't understand, when you come back, when you're in, when you're doing summer skates, um, you play scrimmages after you do skill, you know, just skills, drills, Couple, random, yeah. random stuff. For Maybe like 30 minutes of drills and then scrimmage. And then you scrimmage and... The scrimmagers are typically, I mean, the whole time they're they're kind of beer league hockey where like everyone's dancing around, you know, like there's guys out there who are, you know, they're not skilled guys during the season, but they're out there in the summer just walking guys. And it's like, all right, like, let's see that during the year. But anyways, no one's hitting on the ice and Chris was a skilled guy. He's a really skilled guy and he's just absolutely just embarrassing everyone on the ice, like toe dragging them, scoring goals, like... You know, everyone's like, fuck, you know, we're playing against the alumni. Crystal's obviously dancing us. And we're all just watching because it's like. Well, the best part was also as a freshman. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, as a freshman, you don't even, like, think about, like, even hitting, like, a junior or senior. No. <laughs> yeah, you don't. That was the best part. You don't even touch him with your stick. No. Like, okay, and, this guy's on a break. We have to let yeah. him go. And we're all just skating out there. And, and Ols is a guy who, you know, I can tell when he's in these summer skates, not this year, but just any year. It's like when a guy walks a guy, Ols is like kind of like that fiending, like addict who's in the recovery. He's like, I want to do it, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so Christo toe drags at the blue line one, like kind of late in a scrimmage and just blows up Dan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just blows him up out of nowhere. Like, Dan's probably not expecting it at all. I was not no expecting one, it. No I, would, I would, like, ass over tea kid. I was, like, <laughs> parallel to the ice. <laughs> and the best part was, like, all the boys on the current team were, like, loving it, and all the alumni were like, yes, I absolutely love this. <laughs> Dan just got pumped by an incoming freshman. <laughs> I was so fucking mad. Because, I, I, like you said, that competitive nature, I, I come from juniors, and like, I was an overager, so, like, I don't know. I was just sick and tired of, like, people, like, dangling and shit. And I was, I'm a meat and potatoes type of player. So I was like, fucking Christo, dude. N- nobody can stop him. He's fu- he's scored, like, seven goals at this point. I'm fucking pissed. And he comes across my blue line, and I fucking shoulder right to his chest. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's just sitting there, like, it wasn't what even, like, happened? a laugh. It was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. He killed him. Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. And then everyone's like, oh, I, got, I got right up though, and I loved it. I gave, oh, I gave, yeah. I gave yeah, you a little did. tap. And you I was did. Like, fucking rights, buddy. I'd, and after everybody's like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. And I was like, I know, dude, but I, I just couldn't fucking help myself. I, I had to do it. Oh, man. <laughs> One of my biggest hits in my career. <laughs> Summer skate against alumni. <laughs> Thought Hack was up in the press. Or yeah. he, he, had one, he went for a press break. Yeah. He looks up. He's like, fuck, he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> I only did that one more time to an upperclassman, Andrew Panzarella. Oh, yeah. We were battling <clears throat> for a spot. Pan, Pan's yeah. is a little tougher than I am, too. Well, yeah, and then he, ch- <laughs> he, ch- he chased me around after. No, I was, was going to say. That's yeah. when I was kind of like, okay, this might need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pan's no. is one of those guys... 
you don't want to fuck with. No. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I I kind of brought up the the coaches watching. One of the funniest parts about summer skates was there'd be a certain pace you'd have in those scrimmages. Yeah, it was perfect. Guys just going that pace, and then if you were on the bench and you didn't see, like sometimes in the summer, Hack and the coaches would walk in. And they'd stand in a corner, like on the on the glass, and like some guys would see them, and a lot of the other guys wouldn't. And the guys who saw them obviously started, you know, they they pick up the notch. Like it goes like, from like six, going, sixty to ninety percent. Yeah, it goes sixty to ninety. Like in in if you don't see them on the in the corner of the glass, you'll see you like notice guys going harder, and you're like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you'll look over and Hackstall standing by the glass, and you're like, oh okay. I yeah. got it. Okay. <laughs> so it's like watching a here. beer league game, and then Hack comes up to the glass, and everyone's just going full tilt, full oh, time. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's a full on hockey game trying to impress Hack yeah. when he's watching this in summer. I used to laugh so hard. I'm, you know, as as you get older, you kind of pick up. Uh, and when that happens, like if you didn't see him and you see guys going harder, you're like, oh, Hack must be in the stands yeah, somewhere. Yeah. You start looking for him. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just know when he's there. Um, okay, we, we've covered enough of UND. Let's get into the pro career. Okay. Dan, so Dan's had quite the quite the pro career. I mean, I don't even know where to start. You know, I played Chicago, um, Hartford, um, Charlotte. Where, before we get over to Europe, which is kind of the most, more interesting part, but how do you, like, how do you, how did you like, the American League playing in those those cities, playing that that amount of games, that type of hockey, coming out of college, like what's that what's that change like? Did you enjoy not going to school anymore? Not that you know you went to North Dakota, not that you really went to school before, <laughs> but you know you don't have the obligation of pretending to go to class after that, so it gets a little easier. You know <laughs> what's what's that yeah. feel like? Yeah, no, like uh, all four years I played uh, in the American League here it was a like, ton of fun. Um, we had like a good rookie group in Hartford that I came in with and then uh got called up for the playoffs there that year. Rangers went to the finals, so we missed the playoffs in the American League. And just, you know, was living in New York, New York City for two and a half months. Um, with like, you know, five great guys. So we had a ton of fun. I think ended up lot lost probably five, six grand you're <laughs> making ninety eight bucks a day. Yeah, yeah. And you lived in New York City and like every third day you get off and like we think we're big shots. Like, oh yeah, I go to the club, haven't played a game. Yeah, play for the Rangers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. So um <laughs> that was fun living in New York though. And then um yeah, two years in Hartford were good and then um Sam so St. Louis. Well the Wolves had to have been you're with Trupper for part of it, Jordan Schmaltz. Like that was and like the the fact to live you got to live in pro with two college buddies um, was unreal. Yeah, I was, you know, Schmaltzy, you know, first round pick, ended up getting sent down and uh, Trupper signed there. And I had lived with Trupper at school and me and Schmaltzy were close from school. And, you know, Trupper, they're, I mean, they're both so easy going. So that was an easy, easy house for us to get. And um, I mean, how many times that happened in pro hockey or anywhere in pro hockey that? You know, three or four, whatever, whatever it is, college guys who yeah. are good friends. Not even like it was. It's not even like you guys were like just went to the same college because there's yeah. some guys who are like you know like oh yeah we went to the same college like the guy you know we weren't yeah. like great friends but yeah. but you ended up with three of like your good fr- two yeah. of your good friends yeah two of my best buddies and then you know obviously they became close too and 
um yeah like whenever we could we'd, we'd have the sioux games on i remember uh because would have been a senior that year too yep. um year, it was the year you guys won it um i think it was i can't remember who you guys were playing maybe duluth we must have had a, uh didn't play on the weekend or something but uh it was when uh paganski got the penalty shot yeah oh, yeah and he went back he went backhand and I remember all all, of the, all three of us were like going nuts and like Schmalty look looks at plays like this he's like you gotta understand this guy's such a beauty he only drinks cider beers but he's unbelievable <laughs> he only drinks cider beers but he's unreal <laughs> like we were just dying laughing he did yeah I mean, when Pogo was a freshman he only drink those uh, what what are they called uh, Red Apple Red Apple Red Apple yeah. yeah. like Schmalty was just dying yeah the, yeah the first half of freshman year Pogo would just walk around with a red Solo cup with water and ice in it <laughs> and he'd act like the drunk person there it was the funniest <laughs> shit ever yeah it was funny like obviously schmaltzy was young we had uh uh that was the same year i got the wine whatever from that guy so like i was just getting into wine a little bit i remember we got some wine one night and i don't think schmaltzy had literally ever tasted wine and uh i think we got like two bottles between three of us we we're just gonna you know probably chill watch hockey whatnot and me and trupper you know, pour our glass and, you know, you pour one thirds full and Schmaltzy's never really had wine. <laughs> Schmaltzy comes back to sit down on the table and he's carrying the glass with two hands like <laughs> this. Not to spill. <laughs> it's filled to the absolute tits. And he's like, he's carrying like it's a mixed drink and he's got no clue. Like you don't pour wine like that. And he just sits down and I look over and take his first sip and he's trying not to spill. He's... <laughs> but yeah, no, we had, we had a lot of good times at that house. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so Dan, I mean, we've, I think we could talk UND stories all night <laughs> yeah. with each other. Um, we'll move on to the, the European side of things. Um, so you go over to Europe. Your first league you played is the KHL. Yeah. The, um, Riga. Riga in Latvia. In Latvia, yeah. So just on the border of Russia. How do you, how do you decide, you know, because when you're playing in the American, or when you're playing in North America, for a North American, it's really, you know, it's kind of hard to decide when, like, when's the time. Like, you're probably thinking at the time when you go over, like, I got still got a shot to NHL. How do, you know, how do I give it up and go over there? Yeah. What's that decision like? And how do you choose that spot? Yeah, it was definitely uh, a really tough decision. I think, uh, you know, four, four years in the American League and, you know, I thought I played really, really well um three seasons 20 plus goals and you know it was kind of tough new york went to the finals conference finals then i signed with st louis they go to the conference finals um was kind of just i wouldn't say it was like getting like sick of the american league it was just like you know getting dull you know it's um i mean that maybe that's a bad word bad word to say it but not that you don't still love the game but like it's different when you want to, you always want to progress. You go from yeah. you go from playing from North Dakota in front of twelve thousand fans, and you know every game is huge. And you know the American League, obviously, you know one of the best leagues in the world. But you know you go play in Worcester on a Wednesday, and there's seven hundred people there. And you go play, you know Bridgeport on Sunday, and you're like, okay, we played Friday, Saturday. And yeah, I was just kind of wanted a little bit of change. I just thought, you know, I had done everything I could in the American League to to get the opportunity, and um, just thought I was like, yeah, let's you know, let's go over there and you know see 
you know what what's you know hockey's life overseas i would obviously been there a couple of times just with playing international tournaments and then um decided to go to to russia my first year which was but you're you're you know when you when you decided to go over to overseas <clears throat> there's there's a million different routes you can go right like yeah a ton of different leagues you can sign in how do you decide on latvia yeah riga yeah, I think uh, – Because you've heard – I mean, I know you, you heard before you went over there, you played in the KHL, which is fucking sick. Yeah. But you've heard the stories, yeah. you know, like – Yeah, I mean, um, Jay Getaway uh, was my captain two years in North Dakota, um, who's had an incredible professional career. And um, he started out in Riga um, in Russia and said it's a great spot to start. Um most everyone can speak English there. Um, there's not a ton of pressure, you know, because you hear those stories about Russia. You know, you don't yeah. play well, you don't get paid, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I just thought it was like a good starting point for me. And um, like I said, I just want to kind of give myself a new challenge in my career. Um, and I just thought, you know, most people say, you know, KHL is probably the second best league in the world. So I was like, you know, it's a great opportunity. And let's go, let's go over there and see what happens. So. How how was it like when you get there? Is like you obviously have this vision in your mind, like this is what it's gonna be like. You know, these are the problems I'm gonna have to deal with, yeah. and then it comes and you're like, this is completely different from what I visioned. Yeah, sometimes it's just like it's like almost the little things you're used to back home. Like I remember I got there and I had uh, like no no gitch uh, undergear for for the listeners. Um, cause you know, you show up to the team at the start of the year, you're like, Oh, what's your shoe size? Um, you know, what, what size pants you wear under your stuff, medium, blah, blah, blah. And I got there and one of my buddies, it was his second year over in Russia. And I was like, Hey, did you get your gitch yet? And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, did, did you get your like gitch? And he's like, we're in Russia, bud. You have to bring your own stuff. <laughs> and basically besides like your own, like the top four teams in that league, like you got to bring your own stuff over. Yeah. So. Two days into training camp, I'm at the you know local pro shop over in Riga, Latvia, and I'm getting socks, pants, everything. I <laughs> had a, abs- absolutely nothing, and you're like, "This is the second best league in the world, really." How do they not supply you? Like, can you can you speak to people inside the organization and ask them, like, you know, how why aren't they giving us team gear? I mean, it's it's just kind of like take it like it is, you know. Um, I remember like we went on our first road trip and. You know, kind of back home, you always have, like, the rookies, whatever. You set your sticks out, and you, like, set them on the wall. And, you know, if it's a three-game road trip, maybe bring four sticks, whatever. And we started out that year, four-game road trip on the road. We had a really tough start. And I set my, uh, set my like, sticks on the wall. <laughs> but, like, there's not, like, really, like, rookie, really duties or whatever in Russia. So like we landed and then i got there and i like looked at the one guy on the you know I, he was kind of like the team manager and I, and I was like hey oscars i was like uh my my sticks aren't here and he was like well did you put them in the bag i'm like yeah i put them right on the wall he's like what wall i'm like we're next to like where all the sticks were he's like you have to put the sticks in the back so i was like okay so like luckily they had, had I, somebody flew my sticks over before the ga- first game, but like I was absolutely panicking because like I have this custom curve, whatever. Like I can't even shoot or stick handle without it. But it's just like little things like that that 
you don't really realize that we're lucky to have back home um you know trainers you have you know two or three trainers and stuff like that to take care of you and you know skate sharpening stuff like that you'd go tell your skate sharp like hey my can i get my skates a little more dull but then like over there like my guy didn't speak english so like i'd have to bring my Russian limeate, and I'd have to be like, hey, can you go tell Dimitri I need him, like, less sharp? And <laughs> then, then they would go and, like, talk, and then he would look at me and be like, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, let's go like this. But, uh, no, it's funny, my, that first year, uh, my coach, like, couldn't really speak good English, but our assistant could speak. And uh, I started off the year, like, really well. You know, Europe, in Europe, it's, like, more you know six weeks preseason 10 games here it's you know two weeks and the season starts so i played really well preseason i i had like oh maybe like three or four or five hole goals this you know like really love like shooting five hole and then season started like first four games had a couple goals same thing and then i remember like four or five games pointless and then i get like called into the office and it's me the head coach and the assistant and the uh you know, the head coach speaks first. He's looking at me, but he's speaking in Russian. So I'm like looking at him, not understanding a thing. And then, you know, the assistant coach is like, okay, Danny, so uh, yeah, you start the year and you skate past the defenseman and you do this uh, weird thing with your uh, wrist and you shoot the puck and it goes between the goalie's legs. And, uh, you do this, you know, a couple of times, and now four or five games, uh, nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- yeah, it was nice when those were going in. I was still trying, but um, yeah, I thought we played a couple of good teams la- the last couple of games, and I, yeah, I've s- no points in four or five games. So I, had, yeah, we need to get, you know, need to get me going here, and like I can need to play better. So then he goes back and. You know, we'll translate it back, and then imagine he's just f- fucking you over. Right? And, like, and I have you have no idea. I have no clue what he what he's saying back. And the coach says something. He looks at me, and he's like, "Okay, Danny, you know, um, yes, we have a lot of pressure. You know, we have right now, I think uh, three and five, th- three wins, five loss. So we need uh, more of the roll the wrist, Danny, and you need to score." <laughs> And I'm like, you know what? Sounds great. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna think of that next game. It's gonna make me play a lot better. Sounds good. <laughs> Chris was telling like, nah, yeah, <clears throat> no, no, I'll, I'll definitely try harder and play better. And assistant coach is like in Russian, like, well, he he does. He's not gonna try harder, and he's not gonna play better. Yeah. Um, he's actually telling me he hates you, and he also. Is gonna try to wheel your wife. As well. yeah. So, what do you have to say back to that coach? Uh, I, I that always comes up in my mind. What what if a translator just fucks with somebody? They and could. You have no idea. Oh, the, the coach I, could easily be like, "Danny, you motherfucker! I yeah. fucking hate you." And the translator is like, "He's not happy with your game." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been that year, and then this past season have been like the only two years where the coach basically spoke zero English. Yeah. And there's been so many times where, like, he'll say something on the bench mid-game and be like, switch a four-check or switch something. And, like, I mean, you're so focused in the games. Like, the translator would just forget to tell me. And I would go out and I would just completely miss the assignment or mess up. (laughs) And I would get back and, like, just get screamed at. But I don't understand a word that he's saying. (laughs) And then my translator would be like, 
uh, okay, would tell him, like, hey, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell him. And then he just, you know, kind of just shrugged me off. And I'm like, Meeks, he would, like, you got to tell me this shit, man. Like, I don't know what he's saying. Yeah. So if he says something, you better tell me. Or yeah. Else it's... <laughs> yeah, but no, that's, uh, no, there's a couple. Of, yeah. Funnels, so funnels. what are you doing in practice when he's, is he running practice in Russian? So like, you're kind of just, I don't know how the drill is, but yeah, I'll go like, out there and you, watch you, these you guys. You basically go to the back of the line watch and you go back to the line one more time just to make sure you know what's going on and then i mean you, you learn like the couple words that you need like that year it was a little lap and if it's russian whatever and um but yeah like most people think like you know like all oh, the big sheet like you know it's russians they're kind of whatever but it's like it's there's no like really flow drills there it's like right into the heart like i remember we right just, in the four check like oh, we'd break out on stuff. Pre- pre-game skate we would just We'd put the net like in the corner, you know, like the like the trenches drill. Yeah, we'd do that on pregame skate. First drill, <laughs> we'd go just two on two, and the coach would just chuck a puck in there and divide, divide, divide. It was that means let's go in Russian. You're just going out there battling so hard. You just hope you get one of the other North Americans with you. Yeah. So you're like, all right, let's chill here, buddy. Eh? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but that's like the first drill of the day. So I'd get out there like 10, 15 minutes early, get the groins really warmed oh, yeah. up, and like, um. Yeah, but it's, it's it's a different world over there for sure. I remember we were playing um, Dinamo Moscow and uh, Nikolai Zherdev. I don't know if you guys. That's re- how you say it, Dinamo. Dinamo. I've always yeah. I always read it and go Dynamo. Dynamo. Yeah. Dynamo. Yeah. Dinamo. Yeah. Um, Nikolai Zherdev was fourth overall pick, I think, to Columbus or Philly. He was kind of on the back end of his career. He was on our team and. One of the sickest pair of hands I've ever seen. And he's from Moscow and gets just blown up in the first period. And whatever, he threw his shoulder out. So he's done for the game. He's in his street clothes, but there's not a lot of people. It's because it was like a Tuesday night. So you could see like exactly where Z was sitting across like from our bench. Yeah. And we get a PP late in the game, tie it up with like three minutes to go, 1 1. Like boys go through the line. I get back to the bench and I see Z just like stand up and he's he's got a sling on and he just sprints. And I'm like, what, like, what could this guy be doing? Like, and th- like this guy was so funny. And so goes to OT five minutes, no one scores. And sure enough, the Zamboner comes out and he's, you know, doing the ice, get ready for the, sh- the shootout. Z's fully dressed again. <laughs> he got his, he got his gear fully back on. He was in a sling <laughs> separated shoulder and like he comes back out and like didn't even hesitate he's giving the boys like fist pounds like back out there and the coach is like well he's dressed so i gotta put him in <laughs> like so so z goes in the shootout and after five shooters you can go back to anyone scores his first one and then they go first six shot score and like he was just disgusting in shootout so like they put him in again he goes down like absolutely just undresses the goalie and like literally has to put it in <laughs> Like if he just raises the pockets in the net and he goes to raise the puck and his shoulder just gives out and he threw it right in the pad and we and we lost. But it was just what I just saw him like sprint and I was like, this guy just wanted to, he just, he wanted to go in the shootout for sure. He's in his hometown. He shootout coming. He's like, yeah. Oh, man. oh yeah, just got fully back dressed. Like, yeah, that was that was one of the crazier things I've seen for sure. Like imagine that over here. Like like 
the trainer like like no you're out four to six this guy just gets <laughs> fully dressed back again he's right back on the ice he's like me yeah me go yeah, yeah. <laughs> just injured in the stands having yeah. a beer already and he's like oh, i gotta put this down on back yeah. end yeah. <laughs> got a shootout coming up <laughs> yeah. we had a we had another good story that year so we, we start yeah so we started off really slow uh i've been lucky in europe to play for like a couple nhl legends that year uh, Sandus Olgelins was a head coach who played, I don't know, 15 years in NHL, 80 points a year as a defenseman. And he could obviously speak good English. And we got just shelled one night. And uh, we were in Neftahemic, and then we're flying to Kazan, which is like a four-hour flight. And uh, we pulled – we only had a three three imports uh, that year and pulled us aside. And he was like – we had a like, uh, private plane, so like the coaches would be in one part and the yeah. – players being the other he pulled us aside and gave us a bag and it was like i don't know five bottles like big bottles of whiskey <laughs> and he was like hey boys like i know you north americans you know how we get through this like we're not gonna skate tomorrow like all the boys go out tonight you know here's some bottles of whiskey for the plane land in kazan you guys can go have a night and then day off tomorrow and then we'll play the next day and everyone's like okay yeah just lost four in a row. We're going to get out of this for sure. <laughs> <laughs> going to get out of this. So everybody just gets crippled on this four-hour flight. And getting Kazan have a night, day off the next day. We go out. Kazan's, I'd say, probably like a top three, top four team in that league. We lose 8-2. <laughs> just just get pumped. So now we're finishing the road trip, and we get back We get back to Latvia. There's one golf course in Latvia. O- Ozilinch owned it. It was called the Ozo Golf Club. And me and the other import were golf and we're in like hole four he shows me this instagram update and he's like hey ozo just got fired eh?" (laughs) right right after like he was trying to save the boys like all right let's get through this boys and then a day later gets fired but that's just kind of how that league was like we started that year we had eight north americans and two two or three weeks into the season we were down to three (laughs) five guys fired like it's it's a different yeah it's it's scary sometimes because you know you're playing for for sure you're playing for you know your your contract and everything. It's not guaranteed money in that league, so um, you got to be on your toes at all times. When you're there, do you like with the other guys on the team that aren't imports? And you're playing in the KHL. It's different in your other leagues that you played in because a lot of our countries they speak English. Those imports, like, how are you friend? Are you friends with a lot of those guys, or just like can they speak any English? Because I know, I know when I. You know, when I was playing, when I was younger, 17, you know, 16, 17, 18, playing the, you know, the foreign countries, whenever we played Russia, there was no one on that team that could understand English. So we we were all just yelling at each other and no one could understand each other. It's like when you play Swiss or Germany or Sweden, like everyone's speaking English, everyone can understand everything. But you start playing Czech, Slovakia or Russia, it's just like, you're yelling at each other, just saying, just block words. Like yeah. no one knows what you're saying. You're still yelling. Like, yeah. are you friends with those guys? Like, can they? Yeah, I mean, like, you obviously like try to be friends with your teammates and whatnot. Um, like, I, I had some good Russian guys that I played with. I know with everything going on right now, it's weird with Russia and Ukraine. But like, you know, sometimes you got to feel bad for those guys. Like, you know, they don't choose where they grow up. They no. don't yeah. choose. Yeah what's going on in the world. And, um, you know, I played with some, some guys that were, were great guys to me. And that first year, like we only had two other North Americans and 
one guy had a, had a newborn kid and the other guy didn't drink. So like when we go out at home, it would just be me and just all the Russians. <laughs> and there's, you know, a handful that could speak English, but you know, it's not their first language. So they don't really want to. So like we'd go to the bar and like, I would, we'd be like an hour and a half in and I'd just look at me like, Hey guys, how about five, uh, five to 10 minutes English? Everyone's like, yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Okay. Five to 10 for Christo here. Here we go. And it'd be like two minutes and it'll be right back to Russia. And like, <laughs> when you're just sitting there at the bar, you don't really realize it when you're not like conversing with people. And I like, my drink would be gone like 10 minutes before theirs every time. Cause yeah. I'm just sitting there on my phone texting the fellas back home. And <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm just at the bar again. And yeah, no one's speaking to me. I'm just kind of chilling in the corner here. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, after after the KHL, you end up in the Swiss League, Swedish League. What's what's separating these leagues? You know, like what what if you're to do all if you were to do it all over again, would you go back to the KHL? Could you go somewhere different? Would you go to a different league? Yeah, there's there's pros and cons of every league. Um, Switzerland, I think, was probably my favorite league I played in. Um, I lived on Lake Zurich for two years, which is unbelievable. Everyone speaks English. Um, anyone that hasn't been there is probably the most beautiful country I've ever seen. Just the lakes and everything that, you know, the Alps, I was any day off 30 minute drive to get up to the mountains. Um, parents came over one year for Christmas. We had six days off. We spent five days up in the mountains. I took a little carriage ride up to dinner one night. And, um, just like the stuff you can do in Switzerland, like, you know, it's stuff you'll, you'll never forget. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I love Switzerland, and then, you know, like uh, Russia probably pays a little bit more than Swiss, but you know, just you know, you pay for it. There's a price for yeah, everything. exactly. You're, but you're paying to play in KHL. Yeah, you, you can't talk. But to you anyone. go to the rink in Switzerland, yeah. and like like you said, teammates, like all those guys spoke English, so like all those Swiss guys, I would go to lunch with every single day. So it was you know just and and that you know you say they pay more in KHL. It's like. Just that your teammates can speak English and yeah. you're living in a town that speaks English, like, I'd pay for that. Yeah. You know, like, you're getting that KHL salary, which might be more, and you're like, you know what, whatever, on top of whatever they're paying me, I'd pay that for all of you to just speak English so I can understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like, in Switzerland, was great. I had a, I had a Swiss girl from there for about a year and a half, which was uh, a lot of fun. So, she, you know... She had a little ski and ski out about an hour from where we played, so I really got the uh, full, you know, Switzerland experience, which was oh yeah, which was unbelievable. And then you tell them you're going back to the U.S. Yeah, I'll see you next year. <laughs> yeah, see you next year. And then yeah, we were dating, and then uh, Corona started happening. And then I resigned after the two years in Switzerland, went back to Russia, and obviously with everything, she couldn't come over. So that was kind of all right. We'll see you later, Melanie. But <laughs> 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 okay, so your last year. You're playing on Yarmir Yager's team. Yeah. So what? It, help me understand this and the listeners. You're playing on his team. Is he the owner, the GM, and the coach, or is he just the GM and coach? He or... owns the team and is the GM. We had a coach, but had no say in anything. <laughs> and Yogs was playing. So he's, so he's an owner, GM, Player slash coach. Player slash so coach. So every, everything. Everything. And obviously <laughs> it's different when, you know, you have like a disagreement with your coach or GM, like you, you know, knock on the door, like, 
hey, can I talk to you in the office, blah, blah, blah. But like Yagas is sitting four seats from me in the locker room. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's, he's 50 years old. He turned 50 this year at Christmas. And um, he obviously wouldn't practice that much anymore. Um, but I obviously respect everything so yeah, much he's yeah, done for, yeah. the, he for the game. Yeah, 100%. But I think it's just tough for like a player like him who was so successful and like you got to look back like he won the cup in 92. <laughs> he won the Stanley Cup in 1992 and I'm playing on his team this year. And so 30 like, years later. Like he like some of the stuff that he thinks like we should be working on practice was like what made him great, but the in game, 92 30 years The ago. game has obviously changed so much. But yeah. I remember so this year I went um played like well like three straight games. I like, you know, a couple points, whatnot. I was only playing like 12, 13 minutes. But I wanted, you know, I thought I should get more ice time. So I got to, you know, Yogs doesn't practice really. So he does his own kind of separate practice, 45 minutes by himself. So I'm just sitting on the bench waiting for him and watch his whole, you know, practice. He comes over, I'm like, Yogs, can I talk to you? He's like, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I thought I – you know, I thought I played well the last three games. You know, I'm only playing like 12, 13 minutes. Um, like, what do I need to, to get more ice time? And he kind of just like looks at me and he's like, well, yeah, you know, he's like, sometimes you're you're just kind of feeling it, you know? And I was like, no, what, like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I, I remember when I was young, he was like, I was in Pittsburgh and I, I think I only played 13 minutes one night. And he's like, I had seven points. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, all right, we're we're fourteenth place in the Czech League, and this was nineteen ninety one. You're the second leading scorer of NHL history, and you're on the power play with Mario Lemieux. <laughs> I don't think it's possible for me to get seven points in twelve minutes compared to you. <laughs> but like that's just kind of how he thinks, you know what I mean? And just yeah, you're just feeling just just keep score more, you get more ice time. Like, all right, sounds good, coach slash GM. You pay my paycheck, so what am I supposed to say back to that? If I want to get paid this month, I better just shut up here. So, <laughs> yeah. What do you say to Yogs? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Listen, Yarmir. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I know you were good back in the day, but if you were playing nowadays, you'd be shit. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, like the funny thing was is too because like we only had like we basically only had one power play, and Yogs and I played in the same spot in the PP. <laughs> So, like, we both kind of play, like, the right flanker. And it'd be day before a game. We'd, you know, do our 15, 20 minutes of power play practice. And Yogs would take half the reps, and I would take, like, half. And Thomas Placanic, who played, you know, 18 years in NHL, was on the other flank. And I would go up to him before the game. I'm like, I'm like, Plucky, you think I'm starting on the PP tonight? Or <laughs> then Yogs is. And he's like, honestly, it probably just depends on if, if his legs are slow first couple of shifts, he'll, he'll put you out there. But – you better hope he doesn't score earlier. He's like, you're not seeing a lick of power play time. <laughs> so some games I'd go into the game and I'd be like, oh, man, I feel great. And then I wouldn't get anything on the PP. And, like, sometimes, you know, Yogs would have a tough start. That 50-year-old body would be feeling a little slow. And then he okay, Danny, you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, thanks, bud. So, so is Yogs playing every game or is he kind of picking and choosing? Like, No, he still would still would play every game. He would kind of just pick and choose when he would practice. Like, But, I mean, he still would – He's the last guy at the rink every single day. Does like his most custom work. This guy goes. Well, that's why he played so long. He's yeah. just a psycho with the workout regimes and well, taking care he, of his body. When he skates, he goes ankle weights still. 
Angle's weight vest on the ice. <laughs> so, like, he has ankle weights. He does this in warm-ups, too. So, like, you know, and we'd play in check, and everyone was just there to see him play. And he'd go out there before warm-ups with just ankle weights and his weight vest on would just be doing cutbacks here and there, like just getting ready for the game. And, I mean, he's done it for 35 years, so why change now? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's worked. Yeah. It's worked for 35 years. Yeah. I mean, it's worked for 75% of the years I've lived on Earth, so yeah. why not try it again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there is there a huge uh, culture shock when you go overseas? You know, we talked about style early on, but just like the lifestyle, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, depending Diet. on depending on where you are, like, like Switzerland, Czech, like it's so weird. Like they almost eat for lunch, like what we'd have for dinner. Like at at lunch, it's like you know a meat with potatoes yeah. and a soup or salad. But like you're leaving lunch and you're like absolutely full. We're like we're used <laughs> to like all right, let's go pick up Chipotle boys and yeah, that, you know, get on with our day. Yeah, that's about it. But um. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, completely different. And then you go from, like, Czech Republic, who's, like, one of the cheapest countries where it's, like, a dollar U.S. for a beer. Yeah. And then when I'm playing in Switzerland, it was, you know, you go for lunch, you have a burger, fries, and water, and it's 35 bucks. Yeah. I think yeah. when I was there, it was second most expensive country in the world. So, like, you got to adjust to some of that stuff and yeah, kind of got to, you know, figure out the life, you know, that lifestyle and how to, you know, actually budget your life and, and whatnot. So, so yeah. does your diet change when you're playing those, like you're over here eating Chipotle and maybe noodles, maybe, you know, a little something else, whatever it is. They don't have that shit over there, do they? No, I, I, I think it was my second year in Switzerland. We got a subway in our town and the boys were like every single day after lunch, like, where are we going for lunch? But it's like, what subway <laughs> for sure like the guys were going for like two weeks straight like because there's no like really sandwich shops or like yeah anything like that over there like you go for breakfast and you're getting you know a croissant and you get ham and cheese <laughs> yeah yeah like, can i just get a skillet here or, like maybe a bagel with cheese or you know cream cheese here yeah um so that part's a little bit different but you you just got to adjust and, yeah you know especially like when you're in russia like you fly into some of those small cities and you know sometimes if the food was bad, you fly into like Neftahemic or Ugra, like you might be having, you know, six bowls of soup for dinner and call it, call it a night, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. When you see the chicken come out and there's a, maybe a couple feathers in there, you're like, oh. I'm going to hold off. We got to play tomorrow. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. I, I've been to Russia twice before and was very skeptical of eating anything they put on the table. I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do the eye test here, and it didn't pass. So yeah. I'm going to just stick with peanut butter out of the Jiffy jar <laughs> for my dinner. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, like, ah, that's nuts. Like, when, when you get back to the U.S. from Russia, we just did this last week. What do, what do you... Where are you going first for food? Like, yeah, I. The first thing you got to be thinking about when you get back has got to be like, I'm gonna get something good to eat. Like, oh yeah, let's go. I, yeah, like when I got back this year, I went like a five day food bender. I went like, burgers for breakfast, Chipotle for lunch, pot belly for dinner. Oh yeah, just like oh, yeah. hit all the spots. <laughs> yeah. And you go, I mean, they don't have like Doritos chips. They don't have ranch dressing, like nothing. So I went to Target. I was just stocking up on all the food and then did that for about five days. And then I had 
went on a two-day juice cleanse after that. <laughs> Flush it all out of my system. <laughs> Try to get back to neutral, but... <laughs> There's nothing better than a bender oh. after a year of hockey. Oh. Just f- fucking treating your body like shit for yeah. a week or two weeks. Oh, you're just like, you know what? I, I, I treated my body for eight to nine months like a fucking Ferrari Porsche. You know, like I'm fucking gassing this thing up like it's a fucking fighter jet. But now we're out of commission for a little bit, and I'm going to f- absolutely destroy it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to put garbage in the tank for fucking a week straight. Yeah, it's un- unreal. You have nothing to worry about. No alarm. You no. You just do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that wraps it up for episode 20. That's 20 episodes, has been listeners. 20. That's, uh, it's pretty good. Thankful to have Christo on for the 20th episode. Pretty thanks. fitting. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate good it. Milestone yeah, it was mark. a pleasure. Good milestone, Mark. But yeah, thanks for, ha- thanks for coming on, Dan. It's been a great time. We'll see you guys uh, for episode 21. Thanks, boys. Oh, that was fun. Amazing.